Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not go you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shell Inherit. I'm Daniel Pickett. And I'm Jason Lindsay. And welcome to 2015! New and improved. Are we improved? What did we improve? Uh, uh, our outlook, maybe? <laughs> Do we have I'd like, a? I'd like to think our outlook is improved every year. Okay, okay. Goes away by mid-February, but right, but just like all our resolutions. Exactly, but we'll we'll keep that vibe for this episode. The inaugural <laughs> 2015. How is your the, uh, yeah. the, the slightly improved outlook? Slightly improved. Slightly improved. Um, so we haven't talked since before the holidays. That is true. Did you have? Did you have lovely Christmas and New Year's? I did, yeah. I did. My Christmas felt like it lasted about a month because I think it did last about a month. Oh, okay. uh, we I think because we knew we'd be traveling for a couple of weeks, we went ahead like opened our family Christmas here in Los Angeles on like the fifteenth. So that was the first of about six Christmases that we had. Nice along along the way because we went we visited my my in-laws uh, in Iowa, and then went to my family in Oklahoma. So a lot of, lot of traveling, a uh, lot of gift-giving, lots of being with people and eating a lot of food, but really a grand time. Yeah, you traveled for like, was it almost two weeks kind of thing? It, yeah, it was almost, I think it was about 11 days. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And you got some crazy weather here and there. A little bit. It wasn't ter- It wasn't quite like last year. Last year... It was so bitterly cold, I couldn't believe how humans lived there. And fortunately, on this trip, uh, you know, there, there, it was still cold. Don't get me wrong, much colder than here. But the bitter cold, like in Iowa, was like the last day we were there. So we were sort of moving away from it. And then the same thing sort of happened in Oklahoma. So, like, Oklahoma got snow while we were in Iowa, and then Iowa got snow when we were in Oklahoma. So it all worked out, and I, I wasn't angry at the, you know, the Earth spinning off its axis and hurtling towards the sun right. and crazy weather patterns. Would you rather deal with uh, snowfall, you know, uh, intense, massive snowfall, you know, uh, you know, and it's, you know, 20, 20 degrees, or would you rather deal with no snowfall and, you know, 10 below or something? I would, I mean, my, I know my daughter doesn't get to see snow very much and she loves it, but I, you know, I've said many times, if I never have to shovel a driveway or scrape a car again in my life, I'm just fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that, uh, got on my nerves. Well, I was, I, besides the holidays, uh, I think we might've discussed this before in the show. December was uh, 20 years for me in L.A. Oh, yeah. And that really crept up on me. (laughs) Uh, Not always in a good way. Um, And uh, I realized, you know, how how long ago, how long it's been. 
since I left the Twin Cities and really had to deal with those kinds of winters. In fact, I haven't been back to the Twin Cities for a, a winter in years. Um, I think it's been about four years, maybe. No, maybe longer than that. I, I go back kind of in the spring. But I would always go back at the holidays, um, you know, for a week or so. Um, <clears throat> and slowly my, my blood thinned and it was tougher and tougher to deal with with the cold. But I would notice, you know, when I'd go back more than anything, the cold, but just how gray it was. I never really noticed it when I when I grew up there and lived there. But when they talk about, you know, the cold, it's it's that it's there's literally like this gray I don't even know if it's 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 got to be like cloud cover of some kind, but it's just so gray that the sun doesn't peek through. Oh yeah, and that's what that's part of what makes it so so damn cold. Um, but I, I would notice that more when I went back than when I actually lived there. Um, but it's tough, man. The cold. I think uh, you know. I don't know. It's hard to say. The snowfall interrupts everything. Uh, I think maybe I'd rather deal with the cold. And yeah. then the difficulty in getting back and forth, you know, right? And you know, the the crazy driving and stuff. Uh, but I don't know. It can get really cold. It's a lot to deal with. Oof. Uh. Uh, and it was strangely very very cold in L.A. You, yeah. I don't know if you were here for some of that, but it it got. I don't remember it ever being so cold. Yeah, I, I was not there for that, but I was I was keeping tabs on it, and it rained a lot too. Yeah, yeah, which we needed. Which yeah, but uh, but the cold was weird. I mean, very very cold. Um, I mean, for L.A., what I'm saying is for L.A. <laughs> that <laughs> yes, is, that's not right. Not trying to bitch, but it's just bizarre for Los Angeles to be that cold. But yeah, uh, yeah. so you probably did a lot of movie watching or seeing and TV binge watching and. Uh, you know, toy gifting and shopping and things like that. So you probably have a lot to talk about. I did a bit of that, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, why don't we start with what you're excited about already for 2015? Okay. Uh, Boys, let's see. There's kind of two that I had in mind, but we will say I am enjoying the heck out of Agent Carter Mm. on the ABC. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. It is really, really well done. And the fact that they have made a period piece starring a female lead. Uh, I mean, you saw the original, like, Marvel short for of uh, Agent Carter, yes, right? Yes, I did. It's, that uh, they did? Was it Bradley Whitford was in it, I think? Bradley Whitford was, yeah. Was in it. He is not in this right. one. But uh, he's over on Transparent. Okay. Uh, right now. But yeah, it's it's so it's such a breath of fresh air, and especially the pilot, they tie it in with Captain America so well. Uh, it's just a real it, that that's what you kind of want Marvel TV to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not the you know I don't want to be another one of those Agents of Shield bashers because I think they have they have finally found their voice and, and direction with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we all know it started off rough, yeah. but uh, yeah, I would watch the heck out of agent Carter if that was a continuing series or, you know, maybe I'm happy that it's just kind of one of those fill in series where they only have to do uh, a limited amount and they're able to really focus on them. You know, I don't, I don't have to see all 22 episodes 
uh, if they keep it simple with like eight and just make them top quality, then then I'm on board. Well, I thought that was kind of refreshing. Again, I haven't seen it yet, but just the notion of, hey, we're doing this series. It's an eight episode series. You know, here it is. Take it or leave it kind of thing where yep. it, it, it's, it's very specific. I thought that was kind of refreshing because you don't really see that. It's like, well, we get, we did 12. We're hoping we're going to get more and we'll see what happens. But it's like this is a, you know, I'm guessing sort of a complete story in right. eight, eight yeah. episodes. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a refreshing way to to do such things. And it's very it's a very British way of doing stuff, as you know. Yeah. You know, they, but tie, ties in completely with the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, that you get. To, there's a lot of Easter eggs. Uh, in there still, you get to meet the original Jarvis. Uh, I've heard which about is, who's who's playing him again? It's somebody else. It's not. It's not. Is it? Are they? Are they British? Who is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know the actor's name. I haven't looked that up. Okay. But it's it's actually you know Howard Stark's butler, his right. real butler. Right. Uh, so then it sort of ties into Tony, you know, naming his system after Jarvis and stuff. So yeah, it's just really really fantastic. I love it and. Uh, on a slight tangent, but it's still Marvel TV related. I'm hearing fantastic things about Daredevil, and they are now they've now said that it's coming in April. They've got a date, and uh, there's actually uh, last week there was a commercial during Agent Carter for Daredevil. So. Oh, cool! Yeah, you know that's is um, that's a Netflix series. Correct. That's the first of the four. So it's, so it's remind me again. It's Daredevil, Luke Cage. Uh, Jessica Tandy. Jessica Tandy. And, uh... Bucky O'Hare. Yes. Uh... And then they all dovetail into the Defenders. Yeah. Luke Cage, Daredevil, Spider-Woman? Is that one of them or something? I don't think it's Spider-Woman. It's it's the Jessica... What's her name? Jessica Drake? She was Spider-Woman, wasn't she? What's that? Wasn't she Spider-Woman? That's the thing that Brian Michael Bendis did. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's called. It yeah. was called it was, that was called Alias. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So she's in, she's a character. She's they're they're doing a. She's one of the series. She's one of the series. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the girl from. Uh, Ritter is that her name? The girl from Don't Trust the Bee and Apartment Twenty Three. The brunette. Yes. She's the lead. Yes. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh. Well. That, that's disappointing. Yeah, I'm not very excited about that now. I'm excited about Daredevil. Yes, and Luke Cage. But, but the only okay. Do we know who's doing Luke Cage? Uh, they did just announce who was cast as Luke Cage, and I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, it's, and what's the other series then? What's the fourth? And too many sleeps between. I can't for life remember what the the fourth one is. Is it, is it Iron Fist? It might be. That kind of sounds right. Dave.com. Let's see here. All right. Well, while I'm looking that up, why don't you talk about what you're excited about? Well, I'm excited about uh, another bit of uh, music news, uh, all the music that I'm into and stuff. We've talked about this a, a lot. One of the bands that um, came out of the whole Britpop scene in the 90s, one of my favorites, uh, was a band called Supergrass. And they never really got their due. They were just the best, the best of Britpop sensibilities and, you know, guitar and, you know, post-punk kind of songwriting and bits of glam thrown in. And 
the lead singer was a guy, a guy called Gaz Coombs, and um, he had a bit of a Bowie thing to his to his voice. Uh, but they they put out you know you know six or seven albums. They're all great. Um, loads of singles. They were just you know you can't lose with a with a best of if you want to get the best of kind of thing. But they never broke through the way Radiohead or Blur or Oasis did. But they're they're just as good if not better than a lot of that stuff. And they broke up a few years ago. Gaz Coombs put out his first solo record like two years ago, I think, which I talked about on the show once, uh, called Here Come the Bombs. And then um, now he's got this second record that comes out at the end of this month called Matador. So it's his second official solo record. And I've read about three reviews, and they're all like four- and five-star reviews, saying the first solo record was pretty good, but this is really like a masterpiece. Like he's – every track is fantastic. Um, so I, you know, I was going to get it anyway, but it's great to see that he's getting that kind of buzz and maybe finally the songwriting will get the recognition that it, it deserves. Um, but if you like Supergrass at all or that kind of sensibility, I think you'll like his solo stuff. And um, like I said, end of the month, I think, or next week, um, it's called Matador, and it comes out – uh, it's supposed to be fantastic, so I'm very excited to get some new music. All right. Yes. Well, Luke Cage is going to be played by a gentleman called, named Mike Coulter. Oh, good old Mike Coulter. Yes. He was in The Good Wife. Uh, he was in Halo Nightfall, the TV series. Hello. He's been on a, American Horror Story, The Following, Criminal Minds. I don't know who he, he was is. in Zero Dark Thirty. So what's the other one? <clears throat> well, I'm j- it's just showing right now. I guess the the Jessica Jones series okay, Je- is called Jones. That, it's called AKA Jessica Jones is the working title for it right now. Okay, and that's what was Bendis's uh, alias book. Yeah, and the other one is Iron Fist. It is Iron Fist because if I recall yeah. in his in Alias in Bendis's book, <clears throat> Jessica is romantically involved with Luke Cage. I think. Right. Or they had a bit of a past or something. Yeah. And it looks like he's going to be in, it looks like, all 13 episodes of her show. Okay. According see, according to the IMDb database. We're going to see a I mean, crossover with this, yeah? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. I'm there. I'm there for all of it. And we know Power Man and Iron Fist, so I'm sure they will be appearing on each other's programs. Team up. Yes. There's a team up. Uh, I love it. Like I say, Marvel, DC, you're doing everything wrong. Marvel can do no wrong. Uh, that That is not true. Well, you know what I mean. It's like <laughs> if you really want to split hairs, we could sit here and pick apart Guardians of the Galaxy until there's nothing left of it, until it's bare bones. But uh, they know how to make a comic book movie, and they know – they're they're getting it right with the series now. They're gonna, I think they're going to get it right with this Netflix stuff. And, you know, back to Guardians. I mean, I've watched it now like five times since getting it. Um, it it's, the, it's one of the things that's reminded me most of what it was reading comic books growing up. But what I'm saying is, while I may not be thrilled with DC's movie output, their TV output is getting better and better. Um. Again, I tried with The Flash. I gave it a couple episodes. Not really interested. I just, I don't, I think it reminds me of, you know, I haven't seen enough of, of Arrow. I've just seen bits and, and, and pieces. 
Um, Gotham, I think I watched about five episodes, and I just nothing is nothing's grabbing me. I like their animated stuff. Uh, yep. I like what Nolan did with with you know Batman for the most part, I guess. Uh, Superman, I thought was a mess. Um, but I, I've tried with these shows. It's not like I haven't given them a chance. I just don't think it's, you know, I don't even like the look of the TV flash. I don't even like that kid. I don't like the way he looks in the outfit. Um, it just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. I mean, people seem to be responding to it because it's, I think it's, it's been picked up, right? Or it's, it's a second. That's right. Arrow got season four and flash got season two. Yeah. And they've announced there's going to be an animated Vixen series on the CW's digital channel that also takes place in that world. Okay. That's also produced by Mark Guggenheim. And Gotham is doing pretty well, I think. Gotham's doing, yeah, doing pretty well. And Constantine actually has done a pretty good bounce back. Now, see, Constantine Uh, I kind of of enjoyed because I think it got the character more right than 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 it's, you know, been in the past and i think they they as much as they could for network television i think they kind of stuck to to his character which i thought was and i liked him i thought he was good yeah i thought the pilot for constantine was terrible and i hated that actress yeah, uh but it got it got better and better and by the time they got to there was the episode in new orleans that had uh the specter kind of the the origin of the specter and then when they went to the 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 two part, which was the winter season finale, and the one that aired last night was great, and probably the darkest thing they've done. I, uh, I haven't seen those. Yeah, the, really, really good. And what was great is, you know, it was kind of on the bubble, and NBC was kind of prepping people, saying, "Yeah, we don't know. It's not doing as well as we hoped. So maybe just this first thirteen is all it's going to do." Hmm. But uh, I think people started giving it a second chance, and that winter finale episode jumped up significantly from all its previous numbers. So now NBC's kind of coming out going, well, let's, let's see how this goes. Maybe it's not, you know, there's been a big Save Constantine hashtag campaign on social media, oh. and uh, I think people are, are getting behind it now because it, it, it's got markedly better than than where it started from so okay well i gotta dip back into it then gotta try yeah. it some more um but um okay so what else what else is going on what else have you been up to what have you been watching what have you seen what have you done gee whiz well i saw birdman oh i still haven't seen birdman we've got a copy what game. no we got we got we saw the hobbit that was okay christmas sort of uh venturing out into the to the to the movies we saw the Hobbit, the Battle of the the Five Armies, Battle of Five, Battle of the Five Armies. Is that what it's called? Yes, correct. And it certainly did what it said on the tin. There were some battles. There were some battles, and there were, I think, I counted five armies. Okay, okay. Uh, did you end up seeing it? The, the... Uh, I haven't. I, I was just talking to my wife last night, saying that's something we need to see this weekend because I want to see it on the big screen. You should. I've seen all the others on yeah. the big screen. I don't want to miss this one. You should so. before it's before it's too late. You should. Yeah. <clears throat> But I think you'll probably feel the same way about it as the other ones. The other Right. But it will much as I, you know, on the was on the fence about, you know, again, I've I've always thought they were they were good. I just don't think they're they're Lord of the Rings good, but that's nearly impossible. Um 
but man, it, it hit me in the chest with some emotion. Okay. You know, it still is able to do that. And I'm like, whoa, shit, it's really hitting me. Yeah. Um, so it can still, can still do that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so- we saw, we saw Into the Woods also over the holiday break. That's the, the Sondheim thing? That's correct, yep. yes. Okay. And uh, I like that. I, I thought that was very well done. Um, it's It's got, you know, I've, I've seen it a couple of times live. I've, I actually saw it on Broadway. Uh, I've seen some bad productions of it, too. Uh, but this was one of the the better ones, and it was it was really well done. There were there were parts that were cut out, of course, for time, and you know missed those a bit. But uh, the the intimacy of doing it on film and the actors that they got really, I felt like, elevated the the whole thing. So I greatly enjoyed that. All right, musicals I know are not everyone's thing, but if they are, I'd, I'd say give that a spin. All right. Uh, yeah, I think we've got screeners coming of, of both of those, or quite a few things. Yeah. So. And then finally, last night, I watched Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, you did. I did, finally. And you loved it. Um, it was everything everyone said about it. Um, someone recently, I think it was Brian Heiler, he, he said something that was I, it was so perfect that I hadn't thought of it. He said, I couldn't help thinking of uh, Schumacher's Batman and Robin while I was watching Amazing Spider-Man 2. You know, overabundance of villains. The camp level was huge. You had a, you know, a likable actor in the lead, but nothing for him to do. Uh, the colors, everything. And, and he's right. And by the time it got to the, the German guy... Right, yes. Which was, you know, I said this before, but he was like, he sounded like Scrooge McDuck. Yes. You know, and it's, ah, it's the patient where we play some, do some things with the body or whatever he did. And he comes in and you're like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, like it just fell in from, at least I I don't even know where to begin with what a mess that, that movie is. But, but it's all, it's just, it's, it's amazing because the first one, I know not everyone loved it, but I felt like hit all the notes you wanted a Spider-Man movie to hit. It felt very solid uh, very likable cast. I don't know quite what uh, the lead guy was doing with his sort of urban talk in this one. That that seemed like I forgot how to do an American accent, so I'm going to try really hard. Yeah, that was very strange. Yeah, but yeah, just jam packed with a lot of stuff and not enough time to make sense of any of it. Yeah, it just was. Uh, I mean. I don't like that guy anyway, the kid who played the Green Goblin. I don't I've seen him in about four things. Right. And I, I kinda hate him and everything I've seen him in. Um I hated the way he was playing this the character before he changed. Then he changed in about five minutes. Yes. Uh, then it becomes a genetic thing. Um it just it just was you know, I've said this before, but like I don't know how sometimes these things happen where they get past the idea stage. Where people are sitting in a room going, what if we did this? Wouldn't this be interesting? And at an idea stage that nobody jumps in and goes, wait a second, you shouldn't do that because this happened in the previous one. Or do you really want to go that way or whatever? And 
the sole motivation for the guy, the, the Electro guy, before he's Electro. Yes. He's pissed off at Spider-Man because he doesn't remember who he is. Like that. Yeah. That's it. That's the. Well, yeah, that that whole thing. I mean, just how nerdy he was. Oh my god. I mean that that smacked of you know Jim Carrey and Batman Forever yeah. to me. Yeah. It's like, well, it's really making him crazy. And there was, and then Paul Giamatti was like, blink and you miss him. He's in there for like thirty seconds. Yeah. But I mean, again, the, the, I guess the thinking is, and I, I, I say this just. I don't think Jamie Foxx is bad or anything or a bad actor, but like, I guess the mentality is, well, we've got an Oscar winner. This guy is really, you know, we got Jamie Foxx to be the bad guy in this thing. And it's like, if he was on set for more than a week, I would be shocked. Yeah. He, he's, he, he's in there for two minutes. Everything else is all CG. Like he's never in the movie. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, he must have shot for like four days. Yeah, he couldn't have been in that in that thing. Uh, yeah, but yeah, there was a couple of like fight scenes where I'm like, well, at this point, I'm just watching a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but somebody's doing something because I think I mentioned before that don't be surprised when Spider-Man shows up in the Avengers. Uh, they're working overtime to to get him back. You know, Marvel's working overtime to get him back and get him into the Marvel world. So he's going to show up in that. Uh, Infinity. It was Infinity War. Is that the first one? Well, he'll first show up in Captain America. Civil War. Civil War is what I've heard. And then Infinity War. Okay, I only heard Infinity yeah. War. Uh, but I think it's going to be a different guy altogether. I've heard that too. Yeah. I think they're moving past uh, Andrew. What's his name? Garfield. Garfield, who wasn't bad or anything. It's just, I mean, he was fine as Peter Parker. I guess. I, I think I liked him better than. Toby Maguire's one note performance. Um but anyway, yeah, it's 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 has to be seen to be believed that thing. It's funny cuz I was uh, we were, I was watching it with Abby and you know about midway through she was like, "How are you enjoying this?" And it was like, eh, "It's about what I thought it would be, but I feel like I need to, you know, tough it out and see it." She goes, "You know, Spider-Man is probably my least favorite of all the superheroes." And I said, "Why is that?" And she goes, "Toby Maguire it was like, wow, we just ruined the character for Two you. Two words, Toby and Maguire. Yeah. Yeah, lots of people uh, felt that way. He just was – see, I, that's why I kind of liked the way they were playing him in these new movies where he wasn't such a nerd. He wasn't so stumbling over his words and stuff. He was kind of – I don't think Peter Parker – you know, it's more interesting when he's he's not constantly getting picked on, you know, where he's – He's, you know what I mean? Like there was a nice balance that they had, I thought, rather than yeah. the McGuire thing, which was like he he couldn't spit out a sentence, right? Tripping over his shoes. Um, I liked that part, um, but yeah, God, it was just yeah. And I like I said, I kind of enjoyed the first one. I liked a lot of the first one. Uh, yeah, me too. But this was something. Um. So, did you get to see any big films? I did. I saw. We saw a lot. Um, you know, the sort of instant watch kind of thing where you pay for it, but like it's on Vudu or Hulu or whatever those things are. Yeah, we did a few of those over the holidays. Um, we did a movie called A Walk Among the Tombstones, which is a, a Liam Neeson movie. 
Oh yeah. Uh, I have really enjoyed it. It's it's not changing the world or anything. It's it's good, uh, but man, does it get weird and dark. The 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 crimes involved and the the perpetrators are really disturbing. There's some very disturbing stuff in this movie. Um, but it's you know if you like him and you know such things, it's 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 you know it's different than like the Taken stuff. Uh, it's more it's a little darker uh, and it's done by um, it was a book, I think, uh, but it was adapted and and directed by uh, Scott Frank. Okay. Who, you know, did the screenplay for Out of Sight and loads of other great, great stuff. He's got a great track record. Um, so uh, that was that was good. Um, something called the Baba Duke. Have you seen this? Or heard about this? That's not that's not a thing. Man, this is something. This is this is an Australian, another Australian uh, horror film. Uh, recently, I talked about a movie called Housebound that I just love. That's a dark comedy, Australian uh, horror type thing. This one is really dark, and it's about a a, a single mother uh, and her kid who's kind of troubled. He's like five or six, kind of a problem child, and he uh, they find this book in the house called the Baba Baba Duke. And as she reads the book, it's like this character, this creature, the Babadook, in the book somehow manifests into the house. And it's really disturbing and and uh, very, very well done. I think it's first time feature for this woman that wrote and directed it. The woman that's the lead was uh, one of the one of the actress in uh, the Australian version of The Slap. She was great in that. She's great. The kid's great. Um, it's definitely worth seeing it, but it's got a definitely has like an Evil Dead or Evil Dead Two kind of vibe to it. Okay. Things that are kind of outrageous, and you start kind of you're shocked, but you're kind of laughing at the same time. Um, but I think that's the kind of thing you can just watch on instant or something right now. Uh, we watch. And it's called Baba Duke. The Baba Duke. B a b a d o o k. Uh, I watched a great one called The One I Love. Wait, is it that right? Is that right? The One I Love. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to pronounce their name, but you know the the Duplass brothers? Mark Duplass? Uh, you've seen them in a bunch of stuff. There's a new HBO series that they're producing. And okay. He's, he's the lead in. He's, he's like dark hair, glasses. He's in it, and I can't think of her name now, but the woman who plays uh, Peggy on uh, Mad Men, what's her name? Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, the one I love. That's yes, I do know the one you're talking about. Did you see it? Uh, no, I haven't yet. I've seen the trailers, and uh, uh, it's it was on several of those the best movies you haven't seen yet. List, oh, okay. So I, I, I threw it on my Netflix. It's, it's too. really good. Yeah, it's hard to explain, uh, but just see it, go with it, and it's it's kind of like a great, uh, like a great Twilight Zone episode. Just just really interesting and and fun to talk about afterwards. Um, and then I think we, you and I both saw uh, Gone Girl. Yeah, yeah. Saw that a while ago. So what, did yes. you, what did you think of that? Without, we don't want to give too much away if people haven't seen it because it's the kind of movie that you can easily give stuff away. Right. Uh, overall, I enjoy it. You know, I like, I like uh, that director's stuff, Mr. Fincher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never read the book, so I was able to go in completely on the journey. Not like, oh, here's this, this is different, and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, uh, you know, 
it it's also kind of like a big Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Again, not giving too much yeah, away. Yeah, kind of. And it's certainly, um, and this has happened several times. I can't think of the other titles off the top of my head where it's also recently happened where you think the story's going to kind of wrap up. You think you're kind of done with this movie. Right. But then it has like this third life, sort of. Right. Like a third chapter almost. Yeah. Uh, it kept doing that. It kept, yeah. kept kind of going. Um, and I'm, again, yeah. I'm not positive how I felt about that, all of it. Um, but it was certainly interesting and it kept, it kept your attention. And there's a couple of things, one in particular that is, I thought was absolutely shocking. Like, hold your breath kind of shocking moment. Uh, you probably. I, I'm I'm curious. Uh, just ask because I know it was a hugely popular book. Uh, you know, it's not like Walking Dead where there's all the shocking stuff in the comic and then they change everything in the TV series so that you're still surprised. So I'm I'm curious if the people that read and enjoyed the book were still able to go on that journey and get the same. Or how much of it was actually. As shocking or done the same way, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, I'd be curious about that, too, because it was a hugely popular book. I just read that they're teaming up again. Her, the woman who wrote the book and adapted her own book to screenplay, Affleck and Fincher, are doing a remake of Strangers on a Train, the Hitchcock movie. Oh, yeah. Well, good, because Hitchcock needs to be remade. That hack. Yeah, we should just do all his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, we've already we've already read on Psycho, so yeah, we can check that one off the list. Is that the only one that we that, that that's been that's the only one, right? Is that the only one that's been done? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm going to say yes, but no, there's I probably it, you know what Rear Window has been remade as Rear Window. Though? I think it was called it was it was a TV thing, and it was Christopher Reeve. Oh, okay. The Jimmy Stewart part. Right. Uh, I think it was called Rear Window. Um. But that might be it, because you generally want to stay away from his his stuff. Yeah. Did you ever see the original HBO thing with Toby Jones playing? I I did. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of that? I liked that. Yeah, it was good. He he was a uh, you know he uh, the dude had some some stuff some going on. Yes. Yeah. Some issues. Um, I also thought you know give it a try. I rented uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. A new movie. Yes. Brave man. Yeah, I did. I got through like 15, 20 minutes, and that was it. How, mu- how much was that rental? Uh, buck 20. Okay. Think, something like that. Like a- All right, so 20 minutes for a buck 20. That's not terrible. Yeah, it was, it was I, I, could, I could eat the buck 20 for that. I, I have not gone down that, that hole yet. You have but hey, it? I have not seen it. See, I would just think that it would be, regardless of what, how you felt about it, that you would have to see it because if you've seen every single other thing that there is out there for Turtles and you're, you're a fan, just to see if it's even you know, as awful as you'd think it would be. I, I believe everyone when they say that. So you don't need to. I, I trust my friends. You don't need to see it. No. 
I mean, if it comes on, you know, the HBO or something like that, maybe I'll throw it on the DVR and watch it some rainy day. But uh, I'm certainly not going to pay for it and or seek it out. No, it was. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But a fun Ninja Turtle story. Uh, I was. I went back to my my childhood comic book shop. Uh huh. Uh, while I was back, and then that got me sort of digging in some of my old comic books that are still at my my mom's house, and I dug up my original Ninja Turtle issues two, three, and four, and the first episode of the the uh, Raphael miniseries, uh-huh. and just kind of got them out and showed my wife like, ah, oh, these are the oversized, the original things. I'm flipping through, and I I I didn't even remember that I've had all of them signed by Kevin Eastman. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and he did like a little turtle head sketch in each of them. I was like, oh my gosh. But, you know, they were on the inside of the comic. So I guess, I can't remember if I did that my first Comic-Con back in 92 or if I saw him. Because we drove down to a couple of Dallas cons that he might have been at. But I didn't even remember that happening. But that was a, a nice little surprise, you know, that moment when, oh, these just got even cooler. So how what what year are the, are the comics? Ah, uh, boy, I think the first one... I want to say they're 85 or 86 Okay, is when the first ones came out. Wow. I, I do not have a first print of number one, unfortunately. Oh, I do. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, I use it for a, a birdcage, bottom of a birdcage. Right, well. I ran on a newspaper. You might want to go on eBay and rethink really? that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Shit, okay. Just, just a suggestion. It's up to you. Okay. Um, I'm not one to tell you how to run your life. We also watched the... Uh, did a binge binge watch of uh, Broadchurch. Oh yeah, the original versions. Yeah, uh, Broadchurch with David Tennant and Olivia <sighs> Olivia Will Coleman. Yeah. Coleman, I think her name is. She's so great. Uh, did you ever see it? Kind of. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, we recorded it and watched it, and I'm not sure if we saw all the episodes, and I was usually doing other stuff while it was on, and I couldn't tell you a thing about it, what, what it's about, except there was a dead kid. Yep, there's a dead kid, that's for sure. There's a dead kid, and Doctor Who's sad about it. There's a dead kid, Doctor Who is using his, his Scottish accent, his, his real accent. Um, I don't want to say too much about it then, just, you know, it's definitely worth seeing, He's great in it, and she's terrific in it. Uh, I'm watching the Fox version. I don't care about that. Well, I think it's pretty similar, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter because uh, let's just say that it had me with it for a good long while. You know, if it's eight episodes, it had me with it for a good six six and a half of the episodes. Right. Um, then it started to kind of drift for me, but then when it really gets to the final sort of twist and some answers, uh, I was disappointed. That's all I want. I don't want to say too much about just how deeply disappointed or any more details, but uh, it was very irritating to me. Okay. But I could be in the minority because people could – they may just love it any which way you have it. I don't know. Well, now there's a uh, there's a season two coming. There is. They just yeah, they just announced it with the, like last week with those characters. Yeah. Well, I know it's at least David Tennant. And he's still hanging out, being mopey in the town. Well, he's mopey, and also he's like really sick. 
Okay. He's not, he's not physically well. Uh, so that is part of the moping. And you're going to go, well, I thought, huh. I don't, again, I'm shocked that they're doing another one with the same characters. It's just, yeah. huh. All right. Well, maybe I'll give it a try. Maybe it'll be, it'll be better. I don't know. But uh, it's fun to watch him, you know. He's, I've always liked him. Yeah. And it's fun to watch him do other stuff. Uh, speaking of, uh, did you see the Doctor Who Christmas special? I did see the Doctor Who Christmas and special. what did you think? I thought that was maybe my favorite Doctor Who Christmas special. I agree with you, and I'll even go further and say I think it's the best balance and the best thing that they've done for Peter Capaldi so far. Yeah. It just, top to bottom, felt like a Doctor Who story. Uh, I loved the conceit of it. I loved the playing with dreams, him figuring things out, not figuring things out, whatever. I loved that whole uh, arena that they were playing in. And I loved, I felt like they, or, or Stephen Moffat specifically, finally kind of found the balance for Peter Capaldi, for that doctor. Yeah. I know what he's been trying to do all along and where he was trying to, you know, take the character, but sometimes it was going too far in one direction or what have you, but it, it, it balanced out. Uh, and I just love the way it wrapped up. Seems strange to me though, because they did make the announcement right before the season started that Clara would be leaving in the Christmas episode. Right. And that was it. And now apparently, nope, she's still in. Yeah, I know. And, and, you know, Watch. Hope that's not a spoiler, but but watching it too, it's like it, it gets to a point where I'm just, it's like, oh, don't do this to me, you know. And you know, even my wife was in the room and she, she was like, why does this show? Why is the show so sad all the time? Why do they keep going to these sad territories? I said, I, I don't know, but I'm sick of it. Like every companion or every you know regeneration or like there's this profound sort of sadness that lingers in certain episodes. And it was going that way, and then it sort of turned that corner. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God, please. That's what I want more of, you know. Right. Make it fun again, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I thought it was just great. I just, I just loved it. I think, it's, I think it's the best Christmas special, and I think it's probably the best Peter Capaldi episode so far, I think. I'll get on board with that. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um uh, so there's Doctor Who. Um, Wait, where? I'm just behind the behind the couch. Oh, holy cats! Um, you want to talk about episode seven stuff? Anything more that we haven't discussed? Uh, well, there's been a couple of toy leaks. I know they uh, they showed some six inch black uh, prototypes. Some images leaked out, and then apparently Hasbro's whole Toy list leaked out. Uh, if if all the postings are to be believed, that looks like there's going to be a return to micro machines. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That might be kind of fun. Uh, I am hearing that uh, the rebel stuff across the board is not selling very well for any of the companies, and. So I don't know what that means for that yet, but if you like Rebel stuff, I would buy the merchandise that you see immediately. 
because it seems like it's going to quickly shift back to classic and prepping for the new film. Wow. Oh, that's uh, how is the show doing? How is the series? Doing? I th- I think it's doing pretty well. Oh, and the other the other episode seven thing was that the fact that Drew Struzan may be coming back out of retirement, which is kind of bizarre because he's come out of retirement about six times. He comes out of retirement about as often as I don't know the Rolling Stones. Yeah, if the paycheck is right, he'll come out of retirement. Yeah, uh, and and might do an episode seven poster. Uh, but he just came out of retirement and did a the Bat Kid Returns poster for the documentary about Bat Kid. Oh, he did? Yeah. Um, I'm probably not as excited about that idea as other people might be. Okay. Uh, you know, what I'm, I just, I don't, uh, I don't, we've talked about Struzan before. I don't dislike his stuff or anything, or him particularly. I just, there's other artists I'd rather see get that gig, or other things I'd rather see. I just, I know what he's going to do. And, um, you know, I, you know, keep in mind, I can't draw stick people. So anyone that can do anything artistically, I have respect for. It's just that, you know, when his, some of his stuff is just so obvious, the source material, the source photographs, uh, he traces, I just don't, I'm not that excited about seeing another Struzan poster. Well, if they make episode seven poster, anything like the first issue of Star Wars number one, you'll have about 60 posters to choose from. Yeah, so is that like the most variant ever been done for a, a comic book or something? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, I would imagine that's true. There's a lot. Good Lord. It, it, to the point where there's one that's just a blank cover. You can make your own. No. Yeah, there is. No, there isn't. There, I swear to you, there's a blank one. You're just a joking. white one. A white one with the logo and the UPC symbol. And you make your own Star Wars cover. Or you can take it to a convention and have a professional sketch on it. I think that's the original intent for it. Can I just – I don't know enough about the – is this – unless I'm mistaken, uh, Dark Horse had the license to do comic books. For many, many years. And they just got rid of it or just lost it just recently. Yes, so, with the the purchase of – Disney owning Marvel, they're sort of pulling back some of those licensing deals for things that they already cover. Ah, I see. Okay. And the comics are one of them. But it appears, at least looking at the the digital distribution of Star Wars comics, that Disney bought the entire Dark Horse library now. Because if you go to, like, Comixology and look at the Star Wars comics, it's all the old Dark Horse stuff, but it now has a Marvel logo on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, so is this, is this a big, this is a big deal then? Marvel, Marvel getting the license back and launching a new comic is a, is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. They're certainly treating it as a big deal. Yeah. There's 60 variant covers. And I, I picked up the issue uh, on Wednesday, but I haven't got a chance to read it yet, but... All the reviews I've seen are people really like it, and they say it really feels written in the voice of the original trilogy. So I haven't heard one bad review of it yet. Okay, well, uh, I might have to pick it up, maybe just wait for like a trade or something. Yeah, yeah. Then there's a couple of really cool uh, 
action figure related covers also. There's one that looks like a vintage Luke figure, a carded vintage Luke figure, and I guess number for issue two there's gonna be a Han Solo version, so I don't know if they're gonna do a an action figure variant for the whole run. And then uh there's a previews Toy Fair exclusive, they said, that uh is a cover using all Star Wars black six inch figures. Oh wow. With like the Emperor and a bunch of stormtroopers and stuff. Oh that's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, all right. Fun, fun, fun. Um, Toy Fair is coming up. New York Toy Fair is coming up. Yes, indeed. Uh, got my tickets. Got my hotel. Making appointments. And, and packing clothes. Packing Getting ready for the big show. Packing coats and clothes for the snow. Yes. It's cold. Um, but I don't think, am I hearing that there's going to be no Star Wars Episode Seven stuff shown at the at the show? I I think that is true. You know, they might show the. Uh, well, I don't know if they'll do that or not. They I think they're waiting to debut some of that stuff at either Celebration and or Comic Con. Celebration is in May. Is that right? In April. April. Yeah. But it's out in L. Is it in L. A. Again? It's in Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'll go this year. I just I just got my press passes for that like last week. Nice. So looking forward to that. Uh, Should be some interesting, interesting reveals and bits. And what else? What else is happening? Well, uh, there's in like the the TV world. There's been some interesting developments since we last spoke. Yes. I guess uh, CBS is talking about doing a Supergirl TV show. Really? Yep. Uh, TNT is talking about doing a Teen Titans pilot. Uh, okay, a live action pilot. Yes. All right. And the Sci Fi Channel is going to do a pre Superman Krypton series. Um, a pre Superman series that takes place on Krypton. Correct. Huh. Huh. What kind of adventures would those be? What kind of stories would those be? I assume it's going to be Jor El. Like going and getting sandwiches and talking to other scientists and city council members. See, they like they like doing that. They have a history of doing the DC stuff, Smallville, now Gotham, uh, and now maybe this, where it's like they're like prequels, right? Uh, if if without the characters you really want to see, exactly. well, Smallville's had the character you want to see, but, but and I guess technically Gotham. But he didn't do anything. As, and I I never got into Smallville either, and it's like. If again you gave me a choice of you know new adventures or the main character or prequel, I, prequel would be the last thing I would choose for any of this stuff because yeah. you know the outcome most of the time. You know where this is going. That's why Gotham. It's just like you know Catwoman, the Cat Girl that's that's in, introduced like now suddenly Bruce Wayne's known her since they were kids. There's they introduced a Harvey Dent character, which is yeah. like twelve years older than Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is this, you know, child genius, you know, solving, you know, crimes like Sherlock Holmes. It just got to be ridiculous. It just, and I thought everything about it was just big and broad and, you know, the penguin and I don't like Jada Pinkett and, uh, you know, Edward Nigma is with the police and he's, you know, you know, giving everybody a riddle every day. It's like, it's just not interesting to me. It's just it's just to me it's it's dressing up a bunch of stuff trying to make it more interesting than it really is and saying don't you wish we could bring the riddler into this right now 
don't you wish we could, you know, give you Catwoman and Bruce Wayne right now as Batman? I'd much rather see that. Um, it just, I tried, man. I really did. The most interesting thing about it for me was the fact that Sean Pertwee was in it playing Alfred. Just bizarre seeing him, thinking about him playing a character that's been played by several other actors in this American uh, series. Because he looks so much like his dad. Yeah, he does. It's just, it's spooky. I know everybody says the same thing, but put a wig on that guy and a frilly shirt, and it's the third doctor. <laughs> even his voice, it even sounds like him. Um, that was. I think that I think that goes for anyone, though. You put a put a wig on him and a frilly shirt, and you got something. <laughs> Maybe, but it might be a little more for 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 a pertwee to to have that. All uh, right, but it just it just. Uh, I just want to see more guys in wigs and frilly shirts. I know you Frank. do. That's your well. That's your website, guys in frilly shirts and wigs. <laughs> it dot is. Com. Um. Speaking of guys in frilly shirts, yes. I did binge watch uh, Transparent on the Amazon. Yeah, with uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. It's also got Bradley Whitford in it. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. It's an interesting little show. You know, he just won the Golden Globe for it, and I think the show won one, too. Nice. Uh, it's kind of one of those interesting pieces where there's no villain in the piece. So it's just kind of some stuff happening for eight episodes. Right. And then you kind of get to the end and you go, oh, I guess that's it for season one. So, but, you know, great performances from everyone, but it does, it feels, it's kind of got a Gotham feel to it too, where it's like, how much kind of honked up can you pile on this one family? Do we have to see all of that in one season? Like just craziness, this, you mean? Yeah. Does everyone have to have kind of a bizarre, you know, past or a sexual hang up or, you know, it's like, do we do we really can there be any sort of normalcy to anyone or is that just not interesting to see? I don't know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, because I have to say it's one of the single best show titles in the history of show titles. Yes. It's so perfect. It's just a yeah. perfect title. Um I'm, you know, I like Jeffrey Tambor, and I'm, cu- I'm certainly curious about it. I'm not running out to, to, to watch it necessarily, but um, I'm, I'm certainly curious. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, uh, but you just said something that made me think of another show. No, I can't think of what I was going to say. You said, Uh-oh. you said too much. You know, everything thrown in with one family. Yeah. And it made me think of. Uh, another show and I can't I can't think of what I was going to say now but go ahead what were you going to say uh, well I was also going to say uh, I've also binge watched Black Mirror I a lot of people I think discovered that again over the holiday break because I saw a lot of people posting about it and, and digging it yeah. it's a UK show sort of like uh, Sherlock where it's like three episode seasons right so there's two seasons out and I guess in the UK, they just did a Christmas special too. Okay. That is not up on Netflix, but John Hamm is in the Christmas special. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, but uh, like Agent Carter uh, is in one of the episodes. Okay. The Haley Atwell and stuff. So there's there's you'll see people you recognize in it. There's a couple of episodes that have the cast of Downton Abbey in it, uh, cast members from that. 
but it's kind of a, a Twilight zone sort of thing, but very, very dark. Yeah, it is. I, 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 I think I bought the first series on Region 2 DVD because it hadn't aired here. This is, a, this is like a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I, the reason I got it was the guy that created the show and writes it, his name is Charlie Brooker. And he's a great – he started his career as a, as a, uh, a reviewer, uh, and then he started doing this thing. I forget where it was posted originally in the UK, if it was in a in magazine or a website. I think it was a website, and it was fake TV listings. And it was so satirical that eventually he started to <clears throat> do more television in, in front of the camera stuff. And then he became a you know, presenter. Uh, a lot of – he does this thing called uh, Charlie Brooker's Screen Wipe. Uh, he sort of reviews the news of the month or the year and, you know, uh, recap stuff. He's really very, very cynical, very smart, very cynical. He's got a, a, a real edge to, to his voice, but, but he's a great writer. And the first scripted thing he did was about four or five years ago, and it was called Dead Set. And the premise was, you know, a zombie thing again, but if there were a zombie outbreak in uh, the UK, where would the safest place be to, 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 to be, to, to house yourself? And he thought it would be the Big Brother house. Right. So that's, that's what kicked off the, the idea. So these contestants, which of course he's, he's ripping the show to shreds, he's ripping the type of contestant, the, the you know, human nature, all that stuff to shreds. Uh, they're, they're unaware that this is happening. One of the, I think the lead character... Uh, she's like a, a a producer or a runner on the show, I think, and you kind of follow her around. Um, and, and it's it's really good. It's really dark, very funny, very dark humor, but incredibly violent. I mean, it's every kind of zombie cliche that you can think of. Uh, with the it's very very graphic in there, but it was great. So I was anxious to see the next thing he did. I ended up getting that first series of, of Black Mirror, and I didn't really like it. It was good, but it I just was not what I was expecting. I thought it was trying too hard, and I just didn't really care for it. But a lot of people have been talking about this lately, um, and it must be because maybe it's because it's on Netflix Instant or something. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to watch the second series now because I'm anxious to see. It's only three episodes. Right. So I'm anxious to see if it's better than the than the first one but you know and they they're all sort of about uh technology uh some future tech and how we interact with like technology and media they all sort of tie into that both seasons yes that's right that's right um so i'll i'll check it out i'll check out uh i'll check out the other the other series yeah and uh, there's an update in our uh, hashtag what about Lando campaign also. Oh yeah. Of like, we've never heard from Billy D Williams, if he's going to be in any of the, the new movies. Yeah. Uh, he is in an upcoming episode of star Wars rebels. Yeah. I saw that. The Lando prequel. We get to see a little bit of him, uh, in his early swagger phase before he was a politician and bureaucrat. I saw that. And, uh, my first reaction was, um, how come nobody's calling him about episode seven? <laughs> I'm sorry. It just it's just my first reaction is well if we're calling him about this, don't you think his first response on the phone would be 
Is this about the new movie? Or are you talking about a show? What are you talking about? Like, why has nobody called him about the damn movie? Maybe they have. Maybe they're trying to keep that under wraps. Do you – okay, honestly, because I thought of that too. Do you think it's possible that he is in Episode 7, but they're keeping it from us? I think that is possible, absolutely. Really? I do, yeah. Why would they, why would they keep that from us, though? I think – well, I, I, if J.J. Abrams had his way, he'd keep everything That's from true. us. He didn't even want us to show those 88 seconds. That's true. That's true. Maybe. Maybe he is going to be in it. I, and again, I, I ask this not because I'm a huge Lando fan. I still haven't forgiven him, you know, for what for what he did. No, I know. Um, but because it's just so obvious to me, it's just so glaring. If they're they're practically calling, you know, General Maydean at this point, and no one's talked to Lando. Yeah, it's just weird. He blew up a Death Star. Yeah, he did. I I think at this point he's kind of made up for his indiscretions. Sort of. Maybe maybe he and Nyan Num are sitting by the fireplace sipping cocoa together. I think Nyan Num is in the new movie. What? I think he's in. I have heard, <laughs> without saying too much, I have heard about some other footage that has been shown to a select few people, and his face pops up in it. <laughs> Come on! I'm not kidding. I think he's in the new film. No one's calling Lando. No one's calling Lando. I I hate to be, you know, I hate to be that guy, but it's looking pretty racist. Interesting. I don't know. Something's going on. The Oscar nominations all over. That's right. I think we need to hold a a summit of some kind. Well, we got to wrap up here pretty quick, but I did want to say a little bit of toy stuff. I got the Warpo toys. Uh, Cthulhu guys yeah. from their Kickstarter campaign. Speaking of racist. <laughs> what? Oh, I see Speaking what you Speaking of big fat racist. Not the Warpo people. No, no, not the Warpo people, but H.P. Lovecraft was a famous rapist. I mean, rapist. Famous racist. He could be rapist yes. too. I don't know. But he was definitely a racist. Um, but go ahead. So you, you got the, those, those look great. Those figures look, look terrific. Yeah, I just I just got them yesterday actually, and uh, yeah, they really look dynamite. They they really feel in the uh, in the vein of uh, something you would have got in the late seventies, early eighties. They look they look hefty too. They really nailed it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they look so heavy. good package, good package design, uh, and just you know, it's always nice when you back a Kickstarter campaign and and the stuff shows up because that's not always the case. I've heard that. I've never. <laughs> And uh, another Kickstarter success story, I also got my Four Horsemen Ravens that I ordered. Okay. I got those right before Christmas, and they're a lot of fun, too. They're just gorgeous. Cool. All right, well, there you go. There's an endorsement for Kickstarter. It, it can, that, well, it can work. <laughs> not all of them. No, but it can work. It can work. Just not all the time. Not all the time. I'm looking at you, Digger. Agent 88, where are my mini-mates? Oh, yeah. Whatever happened with that thing? Wasn't that about, like, an old woman or something? It was. And it never came to fruition? Uh, it did not. But, boy, we backed the heck out of it. Wait a second. And we were promised mini-mates. Wait a second. There were supposed to be mini-mates, a show, a movie, a comic book. Yep. And none of that happened? None of it. Wait, come on. Give me the – I don't know. I just remember seeing the trailer once for it. Right. Uh, or, or seeing the Kickstarter for it. it what happened? 
Uh, well, I, I mean, I can't speak wholly to that, but Digger has moved on to other projects that he now seems far more interested in. No. Yes. Okay, so <clears throat> so wait a second. So what happens? So people, I'm looking at it right now. Final okay. 61 backers. Uh, $104,701 $104, was pledged of an $88,000 goal. Yes. It says funded. This project was successfully funded on August 8th, 2012. Yes. There's a trailer. We're in 2015 now. There's a trailer for Agent 88 and lots of people talking about stuff. Yep. Uh, what happened? Uh, I think. Uh, he he just I don't know. Are there updates? Can you click on updates? No, I don't see up the, up at the top. Uh, it says we're making a pilot for a web series about this project. Right, eighty eight the web series. Uh huh. Nope, I don't. Uh, nope, I don't see any updates. It does say here rewards pledge ten dollars or more of this. Pledged eighteen dollars or more, da, da, da. and then it says estimated delivery on these. Uh, some say October two thousand twelve, some say February twenty thirteen. Okay. And nothing has nothing has come of this. Nothing. No no episodes, no merchandise, no nothing. no comic book, no mini mates, nothing. Okay, so what happens then? Really nothing. You that's kind of the deal you make with. With net or with uh, Kickstarter, I, I, I think right. they have changed the rules now. Yeah, I don't mean to be completely ignorant, but <laughs> you, you're telling me that you can just put something like this up, get a hundred thousand dollars, and never have to deliver on the goods. Uh, in its original form, apparently, yes, that is true. Of Kickstarter, I think they they just recently changed some of those rules. There's heavy metal mini mates. There's Peter Mayhew and Agent Eighty Eight mini mates. Right. Uh, heavy metal. Something here about heavy metal. Uh, uh, original art by Bill Sinkevich. Right. That sold apparently, supposedly. Um. Yeah, I have not heard of anyone getting any of their rewards. None of this and I have not seen a web series at all. Wow. That's and are people revolting over it? Uh I mean certainly like on the Agent eighty eight Facebook page, I know there's been some hostility. Like what kind of hostility? Like where's our stuff? Here we go. Comic Con two thousand twelve, Agent eighty eight red minimates. Uh, did that ever happen at Comic-Con? No. Only 500 were made, apparently. Nope. The DVD? Wow. So none of this happened. That's right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's that was my whole – that was what we were talking about way back about Kickstarter and my confusion yeah. about someone like – what's her name? Um, Dresden Dolls. I forget her name now. Where you say that the – the album's going to cost this much, and you you know you can, the budget's a hundred thousand, and then it's you know you end up getting two million. What happens to that discrepancy? I know you right. go, well, we've got better tour facilities, and we did better. Yeah, but there's still a million you haven't accounted for. 
And I, I think that they have stopped letting people – I'm looking at the Facebook page now. It looks like they've stopped letting people post. But For someone on Agent 88. But someone is posting. There was a, a – I mean, the last post was yesterday on Agent 88's Facebook page, and it's the video for Gary Newman's cars. And isn't isn't Digger on Facebook? Oh, yeah. Couldn't you just contact him yourself? Uh, I suppose I could. Well, I mean, it'd be – I mean, I don't know. I'm just It'd be a nice exclusive as the AFI guy. Maybe yeah. shoot him a note uh, four years later and say, hey, is this thing ever going to happen? I will do that. Right? Because you, you'd be a name to respond to. Right. Uh, I'll probably see him at Toy Fair next month also. You haven't seen him in the intervening years? Uh, I have, yes. It's been about two years, but back then we thought they were still coming. And so how do you know he's moved on to something else? Well, he's, I mean, he's been promoting that comic book, The Other Dead, as much as possible, about zombie animals. Man, I've been doing it all wrong my whole life. I truly have. $100,000 of an $88,000 goal, and nothing was delivered? I have not heard of anything being delivered. That is correct. Wow. That's, what a great scam. What a great, great scam that is. Wow. Okay, well, that's really fascinating. I had no idea. I, I, in yeah. fact, I wouldn't even have remembered Agent 88 if you hadn't just mentioned it. And I just, back in the recesses of my brain, I remember seeing, I think you posted something about it, and I eventually looked at the link, and I didn't even realize that was back in 2012. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long ago either. Christ. That's messed up. Yeah. That's messed up. So I'll see what I can find out. In other news, did you hear about that kid who wrote that book about being in heaven? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I just find that so funny. That, like he said, it was all made up or something? He just has come out and said, yeah. And now they're pulling the book? Yes. I don't know what's wrong with everybody. You know? It's like you, you can't even write a book about heaven these days. You can't even days. write a book about a made up place and tell everybody you went there. Now you gotta tell everybody that, that it never happened. Oh well, can't trust anybody. Can't trust Kickstarter. Uh, you can't. You can trust Kickstarter now, I believe. Oh, you can now. Okay, I think All so. All right, yeah. I see. I got it. Well, fascinating. And what? Just one more quick thing, because yeah. this made me feel. Speaking of things that happened a while ago, this made me feel incredibly old. This past week was the ten-year anniversary of the airing of the first episode of the revived Battlestar Galactica. That's messed up. That's crazy, isn't That's it? That's crazy, yeah. That does not feel like ten years ago. It kind of does, and it kind of does. I mean, it kind of does, and it kind of doesn't. It kind of, it's like, um, yeah, no, you're right. It, it is It is really, yeah, that is, that is, uh, so 2000, 2004 was, was the revival? Uh, yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I was very skeptical when that show first aired. I didn't want to be interested, um, you know, but it was, it was great. But, it was, yeah. I, I, and like I, you know, I think I've said before, I wasn't that interested in the, the uh, 
miniseries. I think I only saw one of the two episodes. Uh-huh. But then when when it got picked up for series, I was like, well, I'll watch this. And that first pilot, the one we're talking about, was called Thirty Three. Yes. And I and I watched that, and I felt like it was one of the best hours of science fiction I'd ever seen. Great. I was like, I will watch whatever these guys do. Yeah, it was great. And I was there. I, I stayed with it. I stayed with it right up to the end. In fact, I went to um, I went to a screening with Scott Ian of the finale before. Oh yeah, like, a, like two nights before it aired, um, with the cast. And man, was that a weird experience when the lights came up? <laughs> just like looking at each other, just going, "What?" Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. Uh, but uh, wow, okay, well that's fascinating. That we learned a lot in this episode, I think. Yeah. Especially about Agent 88. Yes. So much so much to do yet on that on that property. <laughs> right. Wow. I got to get a Kickstarter going quickly. You do. I really do. Uh, and all these yep. people that made little videos, you know, some guy from Stargate, uh, Tyler Maine, um, different people talking to the camera about how great this thing is going to be. Um and it may still be great. Well, you would think that someone would post something, right? I would. Wow. That's fantastic. That's kind of fantastic. Sorry. Did you pledge a lot? I pledged whatever it was to get those mini-mates. I don't remember how much it was. I think it was like 50 bucks. <clears throat> to get the set or just the one of her? Uh, I think I got one of the sets. Yeah. That was $1,500. No. No, I did not no, pledge um, eight ball keychain, heart shaped dog tag, mini poster. None of this stuff happened. Uh, not that I know. Eighty eight hoodie. There was a hoodie. Maybe there was. A, Have you seen anyone wearing one? A book, the art of eighty eight, heavy metal. I think they would have to produce the actual thing to make that book. Whole list of artists, bunch of artists listed that are going to be in the thing. Right. Wow, that's crazy. Crazy. Uh, fascinating. Okay, well, maybe we'll do a follow-up. Anybody knows what happened with this or knows what's going on, shoot us a note. Maybe maybe Daniel will shoot a note to Digger himself and say, Wherefore art thou, Agent 88? I shall see. I'll see what I can do. What happened? Yeah, fascinating. Stay tuned, everybody. That's right. Happy 2015. I hope your dreams come true, unlike Agent 88. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll talk before uh, Toy Fair. Sounds good. All right, thanks everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. I know kung fu. Show. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.